the outline there with you, and uh, don't get excited. Sometimes a short outline means a longer message, and so uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks are looking at that, but I feel that uh, God would have us to go to Acts chapter 2 tonight, Acts chapter 2 in your Bible, and uh, if you would, let's follow along. Again, I'm glad you're here tonight, looking forward to the time of fellowship, but before we do that, I wanted to look at this thought tonight, together. I like that word, together. Let's say that word together. Let's say it like we mean it, together. All right, now it's a good thing you did it together, all right? So Acts chapter 2 and beginning in verse number 42. The Bible says here, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. This concept of together, it's Bible. Uh, you think about what is so important for God's people is that we are together. Now, certainly in, in, in every right, when you look around, every one of us is so very different. We're all Christians, but each one is unique. It's like the lady uh, Vesta Kelly said this. She said, snowflakes are one of nature's most fragile things. But just look at what they can do when they stick together. How many of you ever lived where there's snow? Uh-huh. Uh, those of us that have been in snow areas know what it's like when snow starts to stick on the ground. Some of you people that have been in Florida in warm climates and have never seen snow. Out of curiosity, anybody never been somewhere where it snowed? Anybody at all? Put your hand down. <laughs> Listen, it's, a, it's an amazing thing whenever we stick together. I was reading this afternoon about in a Peanuts cartoon, and I love the Peanuts cartoon comic strip. You know, there's a lot of good uh, theology a lot of times, and there's a lot of good things there, and I just love Lucy's attitude. And I was reading how that it, Lucy demanded that Linus, who was watching TV, would change TV channels. She threatened him with her fist if he didn't change the TV. And so Linus said, what makes you think that you can walk right in here and take over? And Lucy said, these five fingers do. She said, individually, they're nothing. But when I curl them together like this into a small unit, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold. Linus then asked, he said, which channel would you like me to turn it to? After his conversation with Lucy, he looked at his own hand, and he's staring at his five fingers, and he says to him, why can't you guys get organized like that? You know what God wants for his church? To be in unity, to be organized, to be together. And that is my heart as a pastor is that there would be no divisions 
no schisms among us. Uh, folks, understand that's the work of the devil. That's not God's work. God wants us to be together. And when you think of what we're reading here in Acts chapter number 2, you're looking at what is the church in its early form. Jesus came to this earth. He gave his life to establish the church. And here what we see in Acts 2 and beyond is the first century church, and it was a group of people, Christians, that had been organized, and the reason they were organized is because they were together. Now, what ways were they together? Three simple thoughts tonight, and by the way, this should hold true for us. The first thing is, notice they worshiped together. Worship is a word nowadays that often is misunderstood. What is worship? By the very word, it means to adore, to honor, to reverence. The word means to kiss toward or to ascribe worth to something. Folks, it's clear in the word of God that you find that nothing or nobody is to be worshipped except God. That's why we came tonight, was to worship Him, to honor Him, to reverence God. I remember years ago, somebody was kind, and I was very kind back, but they found out there was a certain Bible that I liked, and I couldn't find it anymore because they, you know, a lot of times with reference Bibles, they will come out with a, another edition, they just change some of the teaching notes or something like that. I don't really know what all they change. I just know they don't tamper with the Word of God. And so they, they came out with a, a different revised uh, uh, version of it, edition of it, I guess I should say. And uh, you know how it is. If you have a favorite Bible, I got to the place where if I turned to a certain page or a certain passage, in my mind, I knew on what page, on the top or the bottom, where a verse was. You know what I'm talking about? If you get very familiar with the Bible that you have, it's like when you turn there, you automatically know where to go. And that was this Bible that, that mine had gotten so tattered, I was really looking for another fourth edition, but they had come out with a fifth. And so this man found out that I, I was looking for a fourth, and they came out with a special anniversary edition to that Bible. And without even saying a word to me, I didn't even know he knew. Still haven't really figured out how he knew, but he bought me one. Now, the Bible cost $120. And, I, and I, you know, I, like I said, I didn't know he bought it. He handed it to me, and he was so excited when he handed it to me. And I was certainly appreciative. I thought, you actually found, I had no idea how much you paid for it. I said, you found a fourth edition and he, he handed it to me, and I, I was so excited. And then I opened the box, and I looked down, and, you know, on, on the front of a lot of Bibles, people get their name imprinted. A lot of you probably have your name imprinted. And here's, here's what he had put it. Now, listen, I mean, no disrespect. But here's what he had on the, on the front of it. He had R-E-V, and then he had my first name and last name. And the R-E-V means reverend. And the reality is there is no one reverend but God. I'm not here to be worshipped. People ought not to worship other people. 
we worship God. And the reason that this church was together is because they were worshiping God. And I want you to think about this because the Bible says here in verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. The Bible says in verse 46, look at similar words here, they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They did eat meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. Listen, they were worshiping. This church met together for various reasons. They met together to pray with one another. They met together uh, for instruction in the Word of God, because we all need instruction in the Word of God. And they met together to worship God. It's so very important that we understand this matter of worshiping together. The Bible says in Hebrews 2, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Folks, understand that the devil and many others are trying to tamper with the Word of God on a daily basis, and that's why we need to know our Bible, because the Bible says they search the Scriptures daily, whether those things were so. If somebody reads something or somebody shares something in our mind, we ought to be saying, no, that's not what the Bible says. There's a lot of Bibles today that have taken the word God out and substituted a personal pronoun, he. And I've had people say to me, what's the big deal? There's a big deal between he, because you don't know who it's talking about, and God. Right? When we come together, we come together to worship Him. And the Bible says that we ought to give more earnest heed. And when we come together, look at what Psalm 95, 6. Come, let us worship and bow down. The Bible says, let us kneel before the Lord. Notice those words, our maker. He has made us. Some of us don't really like ourselves. But can I tell you what the psalmist said? We are fearfully and wonderfully made. The complexities of our, our life and our, our bodies and how God has created us. And why has God created us to worship him? And the church came together to worship him. Their common goal was when they came together, they wanted to grow in their faith and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter himself, a man who struggled in his life, said, Therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before Beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But here's his, his admonition. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I, listen, as a Christian, I want to grow in my understanding of who God is. And the church came together because they wanted to praise the Lord. You know why? Because he had redeemed them from their sin. You see, that's one good reason that we worship him. Because he alone has bought us back. He has redeemed us. Look what the Bible says in Luke 1. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he hath visited and redeemed his people. And hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Listen, they came together and one thing they did together was they worshiped together. But look at the second thing they did. They not only worshiped together, they worked together. Uh, listen, 
Can I tell you, look, W-O-R-K, I know it's four letters, but it's not a bad word. People have a, varying concepts of work. A lot of times you, you go back, I think you, you even misunderstand God's instruction. Now, certainly Adam disobeyed God. But oftentimes we even misunderstand this matter of work and, and how it's a part of our lives. The Bible says if a man will not work, he's worse than an infidel. You know what's wrong with America today? We're lazy. Everybody's looking for an easy job. Something that's not going to require. But listen, you know what the church does together? It works together. Yesterday, about 20, 25 people came to this property and they worked together. Somebody didn't stand over them with a whip. At least I don't think Brother Kenny did. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's homesick. But they labored. They did something for God. And look what the Bible says in verse 44. And all that believed were together, and they had all things common. They sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. This church was one that had their things, and by the way, that's all they are. They had their things common. You see, they, they looked out for each other. They cared for one another. They worked together. Does not the Bible say two are better than one? Certainly it does, because they have a good, good reward for their labor. And the Bible also admonishes us in Hebrews chapter 10, it says right there that we need to consider one another to provoke, to love, and to what? Good works. It's okay to provoke someone else to do good, to work together for the Lord. God has not called us to sit by idly and do nothing. God has called us to do a work. Does not the Bible say, occupy till I come? That's what the Word of God tells us. God has saved us and God has left us here. And the Bible says we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. See, God has saved us and He's left us here. And it says that God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What is the them? It's the good works. That we should work together. The church was one that worked together for the glory of God. Hey, listen, I love this verse, whether therefore ye eat, and we know we're Baptists, right? Or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all, look what it says here, to the glory of God. See, God ought to get the glory out of everything in our lives. We come together as the church in Acts 2 to worship together. We come together tonight to work together. But look at the third thing I see about this church is they walked together. They walked together. <clears throat> you think about this. Amos talked about can two walk together except they be agreed. I realize that you know when people come and, and they start to talk to us about their life and where they've been, what they believe, that it all comes back to beliefs. Now again, we just read here in Acts 2, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Folks, we can't change the Word of God. Now there's a lot of churches today, that's what they've done. They've changed God's Word to accommodate 
so that everybody feels good and everybody feels fuzzy and everybody can just blend in. But listen, folks, the truth, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Where did the apostles get their doctrine from? Jesus. And where does our doctrine come from? It comes from the Lord himself. This wasn't something that the apostles concocted so that they could say, hey, listen, this is our own little thing. No, no, no. Jesus spent three and a half years with them, and he taught them. This is what the word of God says, thus saith the Lord. And when Jesus ascended to be with the Father, guess what body of doctrine they still held to, they still believed, they still practiced, they still taught, was the very same doctrine that Jesus entrusted to them. And by the way, that's the very same truth that we have today. And so here they were, they walked together. Now there's a lot of people today that are walking in all different kinds of directions and there are people that say all roads lead to heaven. Don't believe that lie. People say, I just don't believe it's that narrow. Narrow is the way. Broad is the road that leads to what? Destruction. Many there be on that road. There's a lot of people heading that way. And I want you to think about this because the Bible says that this church enjoyed fellowship. They, they enjoyed breaking of bread. They, the Bible says here, they listen to this phrase, they had singleness of heart. That means that they believed the same thing. It wasn't this person believed this, this person believed this. Recently, I heard about a pastor that took a church and it's a pastor that you would know, and the church that he's going to, the pastor, they're using a totally different version of the Bible, even than the church that he's currently pastoring. Folks, I think that would be very confusing. There needs to be a singleness of heart if we're going to see the work of God go forward, and there needs to be a togetherness. Look, I can tell you the church is not some sort of a social club. Few things create a bond like good Christian fellowship. That's what tonight is all about, is good Christian fellowship. Uh, the word that the Bible uses is exhortation. It carries this idea of being near someone. Somebody said, that, again, that nearness is likeness. They said you can impress someone from a distance, but you can only influence them up close. I want to influence people for good and for right. We go to our fellowships tonight. It's not so that we can sit around and, and, and just talk about everything in this world. It's so that we can get together in Christian fellowship, that we can worship the Lord, that we can work together, that we can walk together. And it's so important that you and I determine as the early church to spend time near someone. Hey, what's the opposite of being near someone? It's being away from them, right? The Bible says in Psalm 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. That's a good thing when a church is together. Dwelling together. Few things contribute to the unity of a church like members coming together to serve the Lord as a family. And folks, we're on the same team. It's not blue team, red team. Right? Did you catch that in the video today? We're all doing the same thing. We're just having a little fun with it. And, of course, I'll plug for Brother Kenny. He's not here. He wants you on the red team, you know. But we're all doing the same thing. 
We're serving the same master. Look, we're heading to the same heaven. And it's sure that we can walk together as we make that journey there. Look what the Bible says in Romans 15. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one towards another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind, now get a hold of this, one mind and one mouth glorify God even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wrote to those in Philippi, he said, Only let your conversation, your lifestyle be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together. Why? For the faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not a musician and I certainly do not play instruments. I can make noise, but just not what you want to hear. And we've had a guy come here a couple times, and he tunes the pianos. Now, this piano here, being a digital, doesn't need to be tuned. But they claim that oftentimes when they tune a piano, somebody said, has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other. They are of one accord, or being tuned uh, by the being tuned not to each other but to another standard to which each one, listen now, must individually bow. So 100 worshipers meeting together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly ever be. It's an amazing thing when God's people get together. Great things can be accomplished for God's glory when we are fully tuned to Him. So what was the key to the early church? What do we as a church need to understand? One word, togetherness. We need to be a church that is together. And you know what happens when a church is together? Look in your Bible here in Acts 2. Look at the last verse, verse 47. What happens when a church is together? Look at verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord, read it, added to the what? How often? Daily. Daily. Such as should be saved. You know what happens when a church is together? When a church is in unity? The Lord can work. The Lord can bless. And God will add to the church. I want to be a part of a church that's growing. I want to be a part of a church where God is adding. Folks, listen, we've got the care groups tonight, but I'd like to see more and more folks come to where we might have to add more care groups, to where we can continue to see more people, their needs to be met and they be ministered to and the key to all of that is that we, as a church, stay together. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this evening. And as a church, I just want to thank you for this opportunity, privilege to be a part of the family of God. Lord, may you help us tonight as we take time to break bread, to fellowship, maybe have a time of prayer, certainly laugh, and maybe share things with one another in Christian fellowship. May our hearts be knit together. 
Lord, bless everything that goes on tonight. May you be honored. May you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.